1: They took part in the fighting. They helped the American cause. So, like I said, this gave me a little insight at the the motives of different types of people who took part in our revolution.
0: That's Journal of the American Revolution contributor, Joseph Rebelski, talking about an unlikely meeting between two Revolutionary War heroes in Poland. And he's our guest today. I'm Brady Kreitzer, and this is Dispatches. This episode is sponsored by the University of Pennsylvania Press, publishers of Captives of Liberty, Prisoners of War, and the Politics of Vengeance in the American Revolution by T. Cole Jones, available wherever books are sold. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Dispatches. I'm your host, Brady Kreitzer. Today, our guest is Journal of the American Revolution contributor, Joseph Robelsky talking about the meeting of John Paul Jones and Tadeusz Kosciuszko in Poland. I love the article that we're talking about today, because it underscores one of the really important facets of the American Revolution, which a lot of people don't think enough about, and that was just how international the event was in its appeal and in the cast of characters we see perform in it. This is a wonderful article. It's a globetrotting article. It sees John Paul Jones join, of all things, the Russian Navy, uh, hoping to achieve a dream of holding a certain position that he feels he never got in the United States. It's a wonderful article. Joseph Robelski is always a great guest. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview. Joseph Robelski, thank you for joining us.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me, Brady.
0: Tell us about your background.
1: Okay. Uh, I grew up in uh, Trenton, New Jersey. I had gone to uh, parochial school, uh, St. Edward's, a Polish school, Notre Dame High School, and then I went to uh, Trenton State College, which today is the College of New Jersey, where I received my uh, Bachelor of B.A. in Social Studies 1967 after i graduated from trenton state i went into the peace corps for two years i taught in western samoa where i taught social studies at a place called chanel college uh returning uh after my peace corps service to back to trenton i taught uh four years at my alma mater notre dame high school uh in lawrenceville right outside of trenton then in 1974 I went to the School District of Philadelphia, starting out in the Office of Research and Evaluation, and then in uh, 1992, still with the school district, uh, I returned to the classroom where I taught at a Stephen A. Douglas Alternative High School, and then uh, retired from the school district in uh, 2001, and while I was in Philadelphia, I got my uh, Doctorate of Education at Temple University. And uh, after I retired from Philadelphia, I moved back to the Trenton area. I'm living in Hamilton. And uh, as a retiree, I worked with the Crossroads of the American Revolution for a while. And presently, I uh, do part-time volunteer docent at Morvin in Princeton. It's the home of Richard Stockton, who was uh, one of five signers of the Declaration of Independence from New Jersey. That's basically a rundown on... uh, My background.
0: What first drew your interest into this topic?
1: Excuse me. Uh, Well, I had three articles on Kazimir Pulaski. Uh, I guess you could tell by my last name that I was interested in Pulaski and Kosciuszko. And uh, I had given a couple PowerPoint presentations on uh, Thaddeus Kosciuszko. And uh, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll write an article uh, for the journal of the American Revolution on Kosciuszko. And I, I w- when I was researching it, the, a book by a man named uh, Mishlas Hyman on uh, Kosciuszko and the American Revolution, I came across a couple paragraphs about this meeting between uh, John Paul Jones and Kosciuszko in Warsaw in uh, 1789. I got interested in this. I uh, said, let me take a look, because I know Don Haggis uh, When he's looking for articles, he's looking for some on the off-beaten path. And so I did some research, and like I said, I got interested in it, and I wrote it up and sent it in, and Don took it.
0: What brought John Paul Jones to Europe after the war?
1: Well, uh, once the Treaty of Paris was signed in 1783, uh, Congress decided, well, we don't really need a navy anymore. War's over, and uh, the privateers did much more than the Continental Navy. So the Navy was basically disbanded. Uh, you had all these naval officers with, uh, you know, nothing really to do. However, in John Paul Jones's case, uh, there were – he most of the war he spent in France uh, attacking British, shipping, what have you, uh, around the British Isles. And there were still prize money that hadn't been paid by uh, – France and other European powers. And so Congress uh, sent him to uh, Europe and to uh, see if he could get the money that they believe was owed to them uh, for these prizes that were sold. And after uh, three years, he came, he got 36,000, equivalent of $36,000 in prize money from France. Uh, he went uh, went back to the United States with the money Congress agreed with his uh, accounting and then the following year in 1787 uh, he was sent back to uh, Europe this time to go to Denmark because there was a question that Denmark had not paid for a number of prizes that were sold in their country and uh, one little sidelight on this uh, throughout his naval career uh, Jones wanted to be named an admiral. Uh, he questioned his uh, seniority as a captain. He thought he was a much more senior captain than they had him ranked. And he felt that if they made him an admiral, he would have much more influence. But uh, Congress said, no, we don't need any admirals, being especially being we don't have a navy. So that's what basically he was doing in Europe. He was collecting money for uh, prizes that were taken during the war.
0: Why did Jones go to Russia, and what was happening there at the time?
1: Okay, well, uh, Jones was in Paris, and Thomas Jefferson was our ambassador there. And uh, he had gotten, t- uh, Jefferson got in touch with uh, the Russian ambassador. His name was Somolin, And he suggested that, uh, you know, this American naval hero was looking for something to do, and uh, he said maybe Catherine the Great might need him because at this time, Russia was involved in two conflicts that involved uh, one in the Baltic against Sweden uh, that there was no actual fighting there, but there was, it was on the horizon and also Russia was involved in a war with the uh, Ottoman empire with Turkey in the black sea. And um, it worked out where, uh, Simulin brought this suggestion to Catherine, and Catherine agreed, and uh, they offered him an admiralship. He was named a rear admiral in the uh, Russian Navy. Uh, An interesting thing about the Russian Navy at this time, like I said, they had uh, fleets in the Black Sea and the Baltic, and the overwhelming majority of the officers in the Russian Navy were uh, foreigners. In the Baltic, particularly, most of the officers were British naval officers. Again, same thing with Britain. With no war going on, they had a number of officers on half pay, so they were working for the Russians. And also, uh, like I said, in the Black Sea, where they had actual fighting going on, again, most of the officers were uh, foreigners. So uh, Jones saw a way of uh, continuing his naval career, and again with the thing he wanted more than anything a flag rank so that's how he ended up in russia
0: jones will actually join in the service of russia how and why
1: okay well first of all uh he made sure he got permission from uh, that thomas jefferson got him permission from congress that even though he took this uh russian commission that he was still going to keep his american citizenship he had that guaranteed and like i said he was looking for uh he was a naval man and uh so basically in april of 1788 he makes his way to st petersburg he meets with catherine and again he get, he gets appointed as a rear admiral in the russian navy and is sent to the uh black sea now When he arrives, he's in for a big disappointment. He thought he was going to be the admiral in charge of the Russian fleet in the Black Sea against the Turks. However, he was only one of four rear admirals, and the entire uh, operation was under the control of uh, Field Marshal Gregory Potemkin, or he was Prince Gregory Potemkin, uh, a very good friend of uh, Catherine. And uh, he was made commander of what was called the Squadron. It consisted of eight frigates and 40 other vessels. Uh, And between June and October of 1788, while he's in the Black Sea, he fought two major battles and a number of skirmishes, and he was able to drive the uh, Turkish fleet under a man named Hassan El Ghazi, who was named Kapitwan Pasha. Uh, He drove them out of an area, the estuary where the Dnieper and Bug Rivers came into the uh, Black Sea, was called the Lehman. Uh, But even with his success there, he was never really accepted by Potemkin and the other uh, particularly foreign officers. There was one man there named uh, Prince Nassau-Zegan. He was uh, a French officer naval officer who really hated Jones and Potemkin and Segan conspired against him. And eventually they got him relieved and he was sent back to, uh, St. Petersburg where he thought he was going to now get a, uh, command in the Baltic because war had broken out with Sweden. But again, another big disappointment when he arrives because most of the officers, as I said earlier in, uh, the Baltic for the Russian Navy, were British officers who really hated Jones because of his exploits during the war. He was mainly attacking shipping around the uh, British Isles. And at one point he uh, invaded in his home area in Scotland. He came into one of the locks and burnt a uh, uh, town there. So the British treated him as a pirate. They didn't accept him as a legitimate naval officer. So he was in St. Petersburg. Now we're in 1788, the end of 1788. Uh, And in the late winter, early spring of 1789, uh, an event's going to occur that I called it the nadir of his life. Uh, He was accused of raping a 10-year-old girl. And it was a setup. The woman's uh, mother was, in reality, a prostitute. And they got, uh, you know, charged him with this. And eventually, a friend, uh, person who was the French ambassador to Russia stationed in St. Petersburg, who had also fought in the American Revolution, uh, Louis Philippe Comte de Ségur, who was a good friend with Jones, he was able to get affidavits affidavits and uh witnesses that this really didn't happen and uh in jones's defense his own defense he said uh he would never do this kind of thing uh he did admit that he had uh relations with a 12 year old girl but he said she was willing to do this so uh his uh background uh jones's background is a little shaky to start with but this accusation of him raping this 10-year-old girl was not true, but it ruined him his reputation in uh, Russia, and Catherine gave him leave to go back to uh, France uh, because, like I said, most of the Revolutionary War he spent in France, he had good relations with uh, Louis Sixteenth, and so he was heading back to France, uh, and he carried with him affidavits from this Comte de Segura that uh, all the charges against him were fake. So, like I said, he, he left uh, St. Petersburg in August of 1789 with his reputation still smeared.
0: Tadeusz Kosciuszko will not be a fan of this move. What's his problem with it?
1: Yeah, uh, just a quick thing. Uh, uh, Tadeusz Kosciuszko, or his uh, Polish name Tadeusz, it's interesting when he came to America in 1776 as a, he was commissioned a colonel in engineers. When he arrived in America, he anglicized his first name. So that's uh, Thaddeus. He signed his name Thaddeus. Uh, so Kosciuszko, who fought in the American Revolution from 1776 right through to 83, uh, after the war, he went back to Poland. And uh, he had never met Jones in America during the war but each one knew of each other's exploits during the war and uh Krzyzewski, uh remember at this time Poland was uh divided by the three major powers in the area Prussia in the west uh in the north and west uh Russia controlled the eastern part of Poland and Austria the south but the major one that uh, most uh, especially Krzystsko they were against the uh, Russians, and he felt that uh, Jones was uh, taking sides with a person who he just looked upon as a uh, tyrant. Now, Kosciuszko himself was of the what was of the minor nobility, but he was a true Republican, and uh, he had studied before he came to America. He studied five years in France after he was commissioned an officer in the Polish army, and he became a true believer in the Enlightenment. He studied the philosophers, and so he was uh, against uh, what he believed was the tyranny of the Russian Tsarina Catherine.
0: What happens to Kosciuszko after the revolution?
1: Okay, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Kosciuszko came to the United States in uh, seventeen August of 1776, Uh, he was able first, he was, uh, employed by Pennsylvania to help set up the defenses along the Delaware and in, uh, August, uh, that's when he first came over by October. He was commissioned a Colonel of engineers. He had studied, uh, military engineering in France during that five year period. And he was one of the most senior engineers in the American army, uh, he was, his big uh, claims to fame in the revolution, he set up the defenses at Saratoga, particularly Bemis Heights. Then his main uh, activity was setting up West Point. He spent two years uh, developing the defenses at West Point. And finally, towards the end of the war, when it moved uh, south, he had been a very good friend with uh, General Horatio Gates. So when Gates was eventually assigned to head the uh, Southern Theater, he got him uh, to get him reassigned there. And after uh, Gates was kind of run out of the South because of his uh, defeats and Nathaniel Green took over, Green still liked Kostushko, uh to continue with engineers engineering in the South. But just uh, towards the end of the war, at the, when the Americans were at the siege of Charleston, Kosciuszko asked for and got a line commission. He was the uh, commander of a infantry regiment uh, outside of Charleston. Uh, he stayed there uh, in 1783 in July. He headed back to Philadelphia. interesting thing was, Congress was meeting in Princeton at the time because of a problem in Philadelphia with troops who wanted their money. And w- uh, while he was in Princeton, it was Fourth of July, and Congress got him to uh, got Krishishko to uh, set up the uh, fireworks display on Independence Day. Uh, in October of 1783, he was breveted a brigadier general. So from 76 to 83, he. Kept his initial rank of colonel uh, in February of seventeen eighty four he had a final settlement on his salary during the uh, war all the years that he was there. He never took any of his salary. Uh, he took the money for you know his upkeep, but the salary itself was never paid, and it was finally uh, settled where uh, Congress was going to get would pay him twelve thousand dollars and it would be paid in France, Uh, he would get interest, he wouldn't get a lump sum. And also they gave him 500 acres of land in Ohio. The land in Ohio today is in Dublin, Ohio, which is a suburb of uh, Columbus, and uh, the land that would have been his is today the Thaddeus Kosciuszko Park. Uh, Before he left America at the end of the war, he was at Faunce's Tavern, where Washington gave his farewell, And also in uh, May of 1784, he was in Philadelphia at the initial meeting of the Society of Cincinnati, and he was one of the original members of the Society. Uh, uh, John Paul Jones was also a member of the Society. And he sailed back to Europe in July of 1784. He made his way back to Poland. Uh, his family owned estates, memorizes uh, estates. He was of the minor nobility, and um, he was, you know, working, taking care of the family land there. Uh, interesting, where his family's uh, land was today is in uh, Belarus. Remember, uh, Poland was had much different boundaries back in those days than they are now. And as things were going on, uh, Poland decided under uh, King Stanislaus Augustus II and its parliament, by 1789, what have you, 1788, they were trying to get a little more independent of uh, Russia, and they authorized the increase of the Polish army from a 20,000-man army to a 100,000 army. And... uh, Kosciuszko still had friends in high places, and he was offered a major general uh, position with the new Polish army. And uh, that's where he was. He was in Warsaw as a major general in 1789 when John Paul Jones was making his trip back to France.
0: Talk about the primary focus of your article how these men meet in Warsaw, and how that all plays out,
1: okay, uh, so as I said, uh, Jones was going back to France, he was going overland, and a man named uh Lewis Littlepage from uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia now, uh, early back in the seventeen sixties uh John Paul Jones's brother had immigrated from Scotland and had a place in Fredericksburg. He had died uh, not too long after that. But when Jones came to America, he also settled in Fredericksburg. And so he had known Little Page. And by this time, Louis Little Page happened to be the secretary and chamberlain of the Polish king. So uh, he invited uh, Jones to come to uh, Warsaw and spend time there. And so Jones ended up uh, accepting the invitation. He was uh, introduced to the Polish king, the Polish nobility, uh, and he was treated with uh, respect. Uh, There was hospitality. Uh, There's letters that he became kind of infatuated with a Polish countess and her daughter, uh there are letters that he wrote back and forth to them uh and it, and as I said at this time he meets uh or uh, the, uh they had not met during the actual fighting in uh america uh earlier when the news of Jones taking part with uh, the russians, Khushko wrote a letter uh I forget to whom it was, but he really regretted that he was taking. Uh, this position that he would, here was a, uh, an American, a Republican, and he was joining with the arch enemy of humanity, as he referred to uh, Catherine the Great. And uh, it was at this time that the fighting broke out between Russia and Sweden in the Baltic. And so Kosciuszko thought, well, maybe I can get him to join with the Swedes. And so he met with uh, Jones, and he offered this idea, and and, uh, Jones said, well, see what you can find out. And so Kosciuszko got in touch with the Swedish ambassador in uh, Warsaw and suggested that Jones might be amenable to accepting a commission in the Swedish Navy. So this, again, he got there beginning of September, where at the end of October, And he hadn't heard anything, and so uh, Jones decided he's going to continue on his way to France. Uh, He first stopped in uh, Vienna and eventually made his way to uh, Amsterdam. And uh, he told Kosciuszko to tell the Swedes to get in touch with him while he was in Holland. And uh, nothing is heard finally in February of 1790. Uh, Jones and Kosciuszko started exchanging letters, but again, there was still no uh, Swedish offer of a commission. Uh, Jones left Amsterdam and eventually made his way back to Paris. And uh, Gouverneur Morris was the American envoy in Europe at the time, and Jones asked him to see if he can hear anything from the Swedes, and uh, still there was no response from Sweden about offering him a position with the Swedish Navy.
0: You end on a pretty somber note with neither man living really to see what was their primary goal, their primary dream come true. Could you talk about that?
1: Well, in reality, um, now, like I said, Jones was waiting for a reply from Sweden, but in reality, he really didn't want this. Uh, He wasn't really serious because uh, while he was in Poland for those two months, he began working on his memoir, which was basically uh, aimed at Catherine, explaining all he did for the Russian Navy and how he was set up and things. And uh, his bi- biographers, uh, when you read the various articles about, uh, you know, what they wrote about him, that he really wasn't uh, serious. It was kind of like waving this in front of the Russians that you better get me back because otherwise I'll join your enemy. And in his heart, he still believed that uh, Catherine was really going to recall him to service. Uh, The other thing that was a big problem was uh, by this time, his health was really deteriorating. Uh, he, He had pneumonia a few times. As a matter of fact, when he was going to Russia in April of 1788. Uh, he crossed the uh, Baltic uh, in a open galley, and he caught pneumonia. So his lungs had been deteriorated. Uh, he had heart problems, congestive heart problems, and he had failing kidneys. So he uh, wasn't really in any position to, uh, you know, except either a Swedish or go back to Russia, because, like I said, his health was really bad. And uh, he's living in Paris, and in 1792, at the age of uh, 45 uh, years of age, uh, he dies. The sad thing is, uh, just a a week or so before he died, uh, George Washington and the U.S. government at this time uh, commissioned him to meet with the uh, Day of Algiers uh, to try to negotiate to get freed American uh, prisoners taken in the Mediterranean by the uh, well, Barbary pirates. And also they were going to make him, him uh, minister to Algiers. But he died before uh, these commissions actually arrived in Paris. So as I said, he dies at the age of 45 and 17, uh, 92 and he was buried in a protestant cemetery in paris and his uh following the with the french revolution and everything that went on his grave was uh became lost it was unmarked and it wasn't until 1905 somebody who was doing research uh found his grave uh he was Removed and finally reinterred at the uh, United States uh, Naval Academy, where he's buried today. Now, as for Kosciuszko, remember he's a major general now in the Polish Army, and uh, Poland has two insurrections against Russia: one in 1792 and another in 17. 17- Ninety-four, And Kosciuszko is one of the leaders of both of these. And in the uh, second uh, insurrection, uh, he is very, he's severely wounded. He was uh, hit on the head with a saber. He had a lance go into his back, uh, into his hip, uh, severing his sciatic nerve. And he was taken prisoner, and he's sitting in a prison in uh, St. Petersburg. He was held there till 1796, for two years, until Catherine died and her son, who became the Tsar, Paul I. uh, He was a little more liberal than his mother, and uh, he offered to release Kostrychko with the stipulation that he would leave Poland and uh, never come back to Poland. And one of the reasons that Kostrychko agreed to this was that uh, the Russians still held 20,000 Poles prisoners that they had taken during the 1794 res- uh, insurrection, and uh, Paul, the czar, was not going to release them unless Kosciuszko promised that he would leave uh, Poland and never come back. So Kosciuszko agreed to this, and uh, he was released from prison in St. Petersburg, and he's heading back to the United States. An interesting side light to this is uh, when he gets to Britain, remember he fought uh, all those years against the British army. Uh, he was healed, hailed as a hero in Britain. There's a painting of him on a uh, stretcher uh, with his head bandaged and British doctors looking at him. And another interesting side light to this, that the uh, British Whig Party, uh, It him at a uh, dinner, and one of the leading men at this time was uh, Bannister Tarleton, the uh, British cavalryman who has an infamous uh, reputation here. Uh, He was the host of this uh, dinner party for Krzyzewski and gave him a uh, saber as a uh, remembrance of his time in Britain. Uh, Kosciuszko arrived in Philadelphia in August of 1787. He is hailed as a hero, and he originally planned to remain in the United States for the rest of his life. Uh, He rented a home at 3rd and Pine Street in Philadelphia. Today it's part of Independence uh, Hall National Park. However, uh, he gets in with Thomas Jefferson, and as things are changing in Europe with the uh, French Revolution, there's an undeclared naval war going on between the United States and France, and Jefferson and uh come up with a plan where Kostushka would go back to France to try to convince them to stop uh, this undeclared naval war and help Poland uh, get freedom from Russia. Uh, the undeclared naval war part was uh, settled but uh, the French revolutionaries never offered anything in the way of uh, helping Poland get its freedom. When Napoleon comes on to the scene and he comes up with his plan to invade Russia, he uh, offers uh, to Kosciuszko that if, if he would recruit Poles throughout Europe to form an army to join him on his march to Russia, that he would uh, free Poland. Uh, now, Krzyzewski, as I said, he was a Republican, the small r Republican, and he really didn't believe that Napoleon was going to do this, so uh, he refused. And uh, he left France and eventually went to Switzerland, the only republic in Europe at the time, where he remained. And in uh, 1817, uh, Krzyzewski died, and he was uh, 72 years of age at the time of his death. So he never again went back to Poland uh, after his release by the Russians. So these two men, uh, as I said, both ended up dying in Europe.
0: What does this story reveal to us about the American Revolutionary Era?
1: Well, the thing I found interesting about this is you have, uh, it gives us insight into various motives of the men who participated in the fight. Some men like uh Thaddeus Kosciuszko, were true enlightened believers in uh republicanism, the uh fighting for the rights of uh humanity, mankind. Uh like I said, Kosciuszko was of the Polish nobility and he ended up freeing his uh peasants or serfs. Uh in his will he left money to uh Thomas that Thomas Jefferson should take this money and uh, free slaves on his property uh, that were owned by Thomas Jefferson. Now, this never came to uh, fruition. Uh, there were different changes, and uh, Kastuska's will finally wasn't settled till like, the 1840s. He had nephews and nieces who were contesting the will. But, again, like I said, he tried to do something. Uh, he was really, uh, like I said, he was enlightened, and he believed in... Uh, Republicanism and the uh, equality of hum- of humanity. Now, Jones was of a different uh, nature, somewhat. I kind of relate him to uh, the other Paul, uh, Kashmir Pulaski, who was of a, a much higher noble rank than uh, uh Pulaski and Jones, they joined the the American Revolution. And they were military men. They were looking to uh, fulfill an ambition of uh, fame and glory on the battlefield. Uh, Like I said, one of uh, Jones's greatest regrets was that the Americans never made him an admiral in the Navy. Uh, But, like I said, they took part in the fighting. They helped the American cause. So, like I said, this gave me a little insight at the, the motives of different types of people who took part in our revolution.
0: Joseph Robelski, thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thank you, Brady, for uh, inviting me to your uh, podcast.
0: The music played in this episode included works by Kevin McLeod and the Sturbridge Colonial Militia. Any unauthorized reproduction or use of this podcast without the express written permission of the Journal of the American Revolution is strictly prohibited. For everyone here at Dispatches, I'm Brady Kreitzer saying so long.